Matthew chapter 16, verse 12. Then understood they how that he bade them not beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. And basically, beware of the doctrine or the teachings or the the precepts of the religious people. And these Pharisees and Sadducees were Jews. They were good Jews. They were, they were very devout Jews. They practiced all of the things that Moses had written down and told them to practice. But the problem was, is they were adding some things to that, a lot of things. And we talked about that was called what? Judaism which is not the same as the Mosaic Law. And what Moses said, it's, it's things that they've picked up from being around the Babylonians and being around this group and being around that group and so forth when, and things like Solomon marrying all these wives that weren't, that weren't godly women that were bringing their little G-gods with them. And so a lot of this stuff influenced the Jewish way of, of worship. And so it, it kind of... It really, we talked about the, the money, about there being real money and counterfeit money. And so real, counterfeit money, if you don't know, what, if it's counterfeit, you can look at it and it looks real. And so the religion of the Judaizers, those that had kind of brought all this other stuff in and added it to it, it, it all sounded good. It sounded right. But it wasn't. Just a little bit of deception here and a little bit of stuff added there and, and just a little here and a little there. And, and so that's what Jesus was trying to tell the, his disciples. You've got to beware of that stuff. It's not up in your face, blatant stuff you can look at and go, that's not, that's not right. It's just subtle stuff. It's just little things that if you don't know, that you know that you know that you know what the doctrines are of what we're supposed to believe in this book, not the doctrines of the United Pentecostal Church, not the doctrines of any religion, but what this book says. What this book says. We don't know that we know. The enemy, we're just easy target for the enemy. He'll come in with little subtle things, and it'll be through people, it'll be through circumstances, and we'll find ourselves, you know, kind of on the, on the side sidelines. We'll kind of find ourselves on the outside. And so <clears throat> I don't believe anybody in here, you know, really has that problem. But we, we've got to stay steadfast. That's what he was telling his disciples. And we're going to read some other stuff here where the Apostle Paul was going and telling the churches in a, in a roundabout way, you gotta, you got to stick to your guns. you got to stick to what you know. you got to stick to what's right. And that, that word doctrine, as, as Brother Parker read it out of Wikipedia, says it's a codification of beliefs or a body of teachings or instructions taught, taught principles or positions as the essence of the teachings in a given branch of knowledge or belief system. So all kinds of belief systems in the world today that have nothing to do with religion, but they have doctrines. We talked about the military has doctrines. They have a place, I don't know if it's still called this, Training Indoctrination Command, where they indoctrinate you in the military to think like a military person. 
so that after a while you don't even think about it. It just becomes natural. You don't even think like a civilian anymore. And that's the whole point of boot camp is to transition your mind. And the Bible talks about us trans, that you're transforming your mind, your thoughts, into the thoughts, thinking the way Jesus thought, thinking the way the Bible talks about. And it's the same principle. You know, over time you get this stuff, and sometimes it seems repetitive. And I can remember sitting where you are thinking, didn't we just hear this last week? <laughs> didn't we hear this the last three weeks? And you're thinking, why is this stuff being repeated? Sometimes it's not the preacher doing it on purpose. It's God trying to emphasize something. So we got to know that we know that we know. Because we have to be able to stand on the Word of God. And once you get this in you, and you begin to, to practice it every day, and you begin to make it a part of who you are, then you don't, you don't have, to have to think about it as much becomes a part of who you are, but that doesn't mean you you ever let your guard down. Right? So we're going to talk a little bit more about that tonight and um, kind of picking back up on letter C, uh, just there, letter B. We, we kind of ended with that. Um, <clears throat> we must have a clear understanding of how the gospel is applied to our life to avoid false doctrine. Does any of us have, can any of us say with, without a doubt, without hesitation, that we can never be, have false doctrine come in and, and disrupt how we live for God? None of us can say that. Because the enemy is, he's subtle. So we've got to keep our God up. We've got to know about our enemy. Amen. And so that's why it's important that we put this word in our, in our spirit every day. So that we know this stuff. Amen? It's, it's your filter. We talked about the filter. How tight do you want your filter to be? How, that all depends on how much word you put in you. If you don't put very much word in you, your filter's going to be big like this, and a lot of stuff's going to pass through it. But if you have a really tight filter like a coffee filter, there's not a whole lot but water going to pass through that. Right? So we got to get that word in us so intensely that Anything that comes along that's even remotely sounds like false doctrine, we pick up on it. We go, wait a minute. We might even have to get our Bible out and look that up. But, but we know. We just know. Something in us, the Spirit in us is saying, wait a minute. Something's not right here. Amen? And, and how do people in our day fall into false doctrine? A lot of, I think it's a lot of reasons they stop praying. They stop seeking the face of God and listening to the voice of God. And they... They start letting themselves veer off and hear all kinds of other stuff. Amen. The enemy, he'll he'll take you there if you want to go there. Amen. So we've got to be careful of those things. So we've got to observe people's character. Think about if you're hearing something that doesn't sound right from an individual, you've got to kind of like be a a fruit inspector. You've got to think about their character. Of the individual, you got to think about what's their motive, what what's behind what they're saying. Amen. Because the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill and destroy. He wants to steal your salvation, he wants to kill your victory, kill your worship, and destroy your very walk with God. And it's very subtle. And so, you know, it's just it's just like when things come at you, when when temptations 
So I was telling you all last week when some temptations come sometimes, I just, it's like I turn around and look at the devil and say, I've already been delivered of that. Go away. That's not, just go away. Leave me alone. Stop messing with me in that area. And after a while, he will. You know, what does the Bible say? Submit yourself, therefore, unto God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So the key there is submitting yourself, therefore, unto God. And what does that mean? Submit yourself to his word. Submit yourself to his principles. Submit yourself to the doctrines, the things that we're supposed to follow that keeps us saved. Because why did Paul write all these books to all these churches? It was to saved people, wasn't it? It wasn't to unsaved people. All, he wrote to the churches at Corinth, the churches at Thessalonica, and all these places. He wrote those things to those churches to, to encourage them and to say, here's what you need to do to stay saved. Avoid this stuff. We're going to get into some of that. Amen? And so it says here in Matthew seven fifteen through 20, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. See, talking about their motives. They've got an internal motive. That they're trying, they're, there's a deception going on there. It's subtle. It's subtle like that fake money. It looks like a real 20, but it might not be one. You can feel it. It might feel like one, but it's not going to pass the smell test. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. That's pretty simple, isn't it? But a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree bringeth not forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Once again, talking about the filter. Amen. Doctrine is important, isn't it? You ask any religious group out there, the religious group that I grew up in, if you didn't go to one of their schools, if you went to the public school system, when you went to that church on Sunday, you had to go to a class, doctrination class. So they made sure you stayed indoctrinated as a child. If you were away from it any, any at all, why did they do that? They wanted to keep that stuff in your head so that you remained faithful to that religion. Right? And so, you know, we don't, we don't brainwash people. We just, we, when, when I came to this, it was just the word. And I was even challenged at one point, if you, if you feel like some of this isn't right, come to me. That's what our pastor told us, and, and we'll talk about it. Because why did he do that? He wanted to challenge us to study the word for ourselves. You have to know, not just because the man of God says so. Because I don't know about anybody else. I'm human. I'm, I'm, I can make an error. I can make a mistake. Amen. In all my sincerity, I can say something wrong. And the last thing I want to do is mislead somebody. So we need to study that word. When, we're, when we hear it being preached, that's why it's a good idea to take notes. That's why it's a good idea to take this stuff home and study it. It's not, it's not homework so that you have one more thing on your plate. <laughs> right? You should look forward to this. I mean, I have the hardest time making my bread uh, reading every year. Why is that? 
The one thing I have problem I have, I told you all last week, I have this iPad with these these Bible apps on there. And I can open this Bible up and I can tap on a word and it brings up the concordance right there. And I can just and I just get off in a rabbit trail and here I am trying to just get through my reading for the day. And I end up in a Bible study and I'm t- typing notes and, you know, it's exciting. I, I, you know, it's interesting when you start digging down and seeing what these words mean. What were they trying to say? When I'm studying these doctrines, because I, I, above all else, the Bible says I must, I must be saved. <clears throat> I got to depend on my relationship with him. I got to keep the lines of communication open. So that he can talk to me. And how does he talk to us? He talks to us through our spirit, but he talks to us through this word. And, and if you haven't gotten there yet, you will. There'll, revelation will come and you'll be reading the scripture one day and it'll just jump off the page at you and you'll say, I see that. And so, so we've, got to, we've got to keep digging. We, we can never be satisfied it's just saying, well, I know all the doctrines. I, I got all the rules down. I, I've got everything memorized, so I'm good. When you say that, <laughs> you just said, the devil just said, oh, really? Okay. And he'll, he'll throw some stuff at you, and the Lord will let him do that. You don't believe that? He let Job do that. He let, he let the devil go after Job. He said, he said matter of fact, go ahead. You can, you can do everything but kill him. Amen. I don't I don't know about you, but I want the Lord to challenge me. So I know that I know that I love him. That I'm not just doing this for for my glory. So that I'm just not giving him lip service. Amen. These things that are taught, these principles that come from this man of God that's over this church are is for our good. He's just like the Apostle Paul. He's trying to help us stay saved. Amen. But, you know, after you've been in this a while and you start knowing this stuff, and you don't have to be in this very long to be to be rooted, to be grounded to the point where you can start telling somebody else. <coughs> I used to live this way, but now I live this way. Well, why is that? Well, then you can tell them. Because you, you don't have to teach them a Bible study, but you know why. If you know why you do, if you've got that root and grounded in you, that doctrine, it's not going to be a problem answering that question. Amen? Can we go to 1 Corinthians 10, 20 to 21? This stuff is important because our character matters, right? We have to have the character of Christ. And how do we do that? Following his principles and precepts, his doctrines. That he gave his disciples, that he gave us. First Corinthians ten verse twenty says, But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that you would have fellowship with devils. Now we, we would never do that just openly. But the enemy he's as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's subtle. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot partake, be partakers of the Lord's table and the table of devils. So we've got to be careful that we don't let these demonic things, these thoughts, these 
that the devil's trying to, to trip us up. He's trying to get us off the track of where we're supposed to be going. Okay? 2 Corinthians 2, verse 10. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 10. To whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. We read that uh, when we were talking about prayer a couple months ago, about what did, what did the Lord say? Forgive us our debts. When he taught us how to pray, as we forgive our debt, debtors, forgive us our sins, forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. So the key there is not forgive me first. The key is I forgive first, then he'll forgive me. That's how it works. To whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything to whom I forgave it, for your sakes forgave I it in the person of Christ. Next verse. Lest Satan should get an advantage of, of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. He's talking to the church again. We're not ignorant of his devices, are we? Amen. We've got to stay one step ahead of the devil. Amen. Because he's not leaving until the Lord takes him out of here. And that's, that's book. And so while he's the God of this world, he's going to work hard it trying to trip us up. Okay? Nobody, there's nobody that's, that's not susceptible to this. But we know, if you've had this experience, if you've had received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, if you've been baptized in Jesus' name, if God has revealed who he is to you, there's, there's nobody or nothing that's going to come and take that away from me, as far as I'm concerned. But I can't just, dwell in that and say well like i said before i know that so i'm good no 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 you know every profession out there electricians insurance people real estate people nurses doctors you name it they are required every year to have what continuing education right anybody ever heard of that ce Continuing education, why is that? That's right. In real estate, one of the things that they emphasize continuing education is real estate law because it changes. Insurance is the same way. Electricians are the same way. All major trades and, and professions like that, why do they do that? Because they don't want you working off of old information. They want to keep you abreast and keep you forward thinking keep you ahead of the game and so that the doctrine now this is not it's a kind of a bad comparison but we've got to stay studied in this stuff amen you know that scripture in second timothy two fifteen. what does it say anybody a workman that that needeth not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth and he's speaking that to the people of God. And I'm telling you, and this pastor has told you, study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. It's on us. Yes, we have to come to this house. Yes, without a preacher, without a pastor, I don't know how I would. How, I don't know how I would be saved without a pastor and a preacher. 
but I still have to know this for myself. Amen? A, a young man goes in to become a journeyman electrician, and he spends five years learning the National Electric Code book, which is about that thick. Am I right, Brother Richard? By the time they get out of that program and become a journeyman electrician, they can just about quote that book, chapter and verse. Why? Why do they do that? Because everywhere you go to work in that field, they have code, building code, and everything has to be done according to code, strictly to code. They've got inspectors that will come around and make sure everything's done to code, whether you're a, a <coughs> carpenter, plumber, electrician, or whatever. Everybody has to do everything to code. There's reasons for that. Because there's only one really right way to do th- things in those fields. And there's only one really right way to be saved and to stay saved and to walk in this truth. And that's the doctrines and the principles and precepts of Jesus Christ in this book. So we gotta stay we gotta stay on top of this stuff. We cannot get let our guard down. Gotta stay focused. Amen. Bible talks where it's somewhere about being focused like a flint, like like a piece of flint that's just not moving, like a granite rock. Okay? You know, we lived the way we lived before, but now that we know the truth, we we there's people outside that door that are depending on us to know what the right way to walk is. Right? There's people that are depending on us to be able to disciple them and lead them. Amen? They might not make it in this building. <coughs> we have one pastor in our organization in a, in a particular city, and he has been teaching a Bible study to his neighbor across the street for 10 months. And, and I heard that a couple months ago. So he's been teaching his neighbor across the street Bible studies. He's been going over there every week for almost a, almost a year. And he has never invited that guy to church. Why? That, does that mean he's not discipling him? No. He's putting some stuff into that guy. So he knows that one day that guy's going to say, Hey, can I go to church with you? And when he invites himself... It's, it's all over because he's ready. And this particular guy that he's, he's ministering to turns out has had a bad experience in the past with other religious organizations. So he's got kind of a bad taste in his mouth about things. So this man of God has got to walk very carefully. And just little by little, Bible says in the Old Testament, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little teaching these precepts and letting this guy develop a hunger. And he's, he's developed a relationship with this man of God as a neighbor and a friend that, that he's, he just, he'll defend him to the hilt because this man has not told him anything wrong and he's loved him. And so that's how important it is for us to know this. Amen? Because we might be presented with an opportunity and we can't say, we shouldn't say, well, I don't know. I'll have to go wait till you get to the church and have my pastor tell you. We don't want to do that. That's your opportunity. That might be the one God sent you to disciple and witness to. Amen? So it's important that we know this stuff. 1 Timothy 4.1. 1 
1 Timothy 4.1 says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. Once again, he's speaking to who? The church. Speaking to godly people. He's speaking to, to us, the church, the body of Christ. Some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. What does that mean, giving heed? You're letting their guard down. They're going to let themselves believe some stuff that's not right. How in the world do they do that? If you don't know what the right way is, if you don't know what a real dollar bill or $20 bill feels like, how are you going to know what, what the, the fake one feels like? That's why they, once again, that's why they teach those bankers to know what a real stack of money feels like because they can pick out a false one in a minute. As soon as, they, as soon as it hits their fingers, they know it's not right. And that's how quickly we need to know this. That's how well we need to know this. Okay? Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Well, that's a dangerous place to be. Amen. I don't want the enemy to come and steal, kill, and destroy what God has put in me. Because I wasn't paying attention. If you look back in the Old Testament at Israel, that was their problem for the most part. They, God gave them all the, the things that they needed to do, how they needed to worship how they needed to sacrifice. And when they decided they wanted to do it their own way and not follow the principles and precepts and doctrines that he gave them, that's where they got in trouble. All they had to do was just simply follow what he told them. He chose them to be his people. He delivered them. Why would he tell them anything that would hurt them? It wasn't always comfortable to their flesh, but it was, it was designed to keep them saved. And these principles and doctrines and things are designed for our good. Right? Everybody, does everybody agree with that? I'm not getting any. We should all be saying, yes, hallelujah. It is designed for our good. Even if we don't like it. It's for our good. Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. Verse 6 says, if thou, be, if thou put the brethren in remembrance, and I highlighted put the brethren in remembrance, of, the things that thou, of, the, of these things thou shalt be a good minister. Who is the thou there? Well, he's talking to, who's he talking to? Timothy? Who's he really talking to? Us. Every one of us. Everybody say, thou is me. Thou is me. Amen? Thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. So if you've attained to something, that means you had a starting point and you have an ending point. Have we finished attaining yet? No. No. On some things, we get it down. We know, okay, this is the doctrine. This is how I'm going to live. This is how I'm going to walk. This is how I'm going to talk. This is how I'm going to act. This is how I'm going to think. This is my, I'm going to have a prayer life. We're, some of these doctrines, we're going to get it down, but we still need to exercise ourselves. Amen? Keep striving, striving, pressing toward the mark, right? Toward the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We never, we're not going to reach the finish line until when, Sister Barb? 
till we get up there. Oh, we're still running, right? We're still going. We're still on our path. Amen? So in Ephesians 6 and 12, and we don't have to go there, it talks about the Lord tells us that we are to wear the whole armor of God. Why is that? That's right. Amen. He doesn't tell us that without a good reason. Because we have an enemy that's going to fight against us on every turn and try to get us to walk away from this. He's like that deer hunter or that bass fisherman that's trying to catch that prize fish or that or shoot that prize deer, that 20-point buck. He'll go out in the woods every season until he gets him. And he'll, he'll bide his time, and he'll wait. And that deer is so smart, but one time he won't, he won't be paying attention, and he'll get tripped up, and, and he'll get tricked, and he'll get him. And so the, the devil's not, he's not going to leave you alone because you're apostolic. He's not just going to walk away and say, well, they have the Holy Ghost. What am I going to do now? No, he, you, you, you just got put on the top of the list. Amen? Amen. But we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. <laughs> the devil's a liar. You know, if that's the only thing you could ever be known for is that you were a liar and the father of lies, oh, man, that's all you've ever, that's, that's your claim to fame? <laughs> and, you know, and we have this truth. We have this gift. We have this treasure the bible says in earthen vessels and so it's a treasure we need to treasure it how important is this doctrine very important amen second corinthians 10 4 talks about that the weapons of our warfare what are the weapons of our warfare what they're not carnal but they're mighty through god to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. It's the knowledge of God, the knowledge of the things of God that, that, that really is the doctrines that we believe. And so what was he telling Timothy? He said, I, he said, if thou put the brethren in remembrance, when I read that, I thought, when, if thou will pre- preach this stuff and preach this stuff and preach this stuff until they're so sick and tired of it that you go and preach it some more. Okay? I've been hearing this stuff for almost 30 years. Have I heard it enough? No, I haven't. I still got to know that I know that I know. And there's still more that God wants to open my eyes and let me see. So I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop until Jesus comes. Amen? Because the minute I let my guard down, the minute we let our guard down and think we got this, what does the Bible say? If you think you stand, take heed lest you fall. So don't get all, don't get all uppity and thinking you've got this thing. Amen? Amen? We, uh, there have been elder preachers that have fallen. Elder preachers that have spent their lifetime preaching this and have fallen to the enemy. I mean, it's factual information. It's factual. It's actually happened. <laughs> and people prayed for them and people tried to get them back and they just couldn't. 
They were like that bass fish on the end of that hook. They just couldn't shake that thing loose. We don't want to let that hook get in our mouth. Amen. So how do you do that? I, I'm, I know I'm just beating a dead horse here tonight. But if we're going to know these doctrines, we have to... It's just like in, I spent ten and a half years in the Army, and every Wednesday for ten and a half years we had common task training. Well, what is that? Some of you don't know. All kinds of stuff. How to shoot your weapon. How to do this. How to do that. How to put your protective mask on in case there was a gas attack. And we had to be able to pull that. When, they, when somebody said gas, we had to be able to pull that thing out of the pouch and have it on our face, cleared and sealed in nine seconds. You thinking, oh, I could do that. And we, they hammered that at us every week for ten and a half years. And when our soldiers went over for the first Gulf War, when those Scud missiles were coming over, I, I remember guys telling me they didn't even have to think about it. It was just automatic. As soon as that horn went off, bam, they had that thing on. That's why they, that's why they, they beat us over the head with that stuff. So you don't even have to think about it when it's time to really need that. Amen? And so it's important that we know these doctrines. And, and it might seem monotonous. And it might seem like we're going over it and over it and over it again. But we're, you're being equipped. We need to be equipped. Because out there, they're going to they're gonna need to know why we have peace. Why, why we have peace when there seems to be nothing but turmoil in our life. Why we have joy when there seems to be nothing but trials and temptations in our life. They're going to want to know. And we need to be able to, the Bible says, to be able to give an answer to every man for the hope that's in you. And how do we do that? We know this word. We know the precepts. We know the doctrines. Amen? This is important stuff. Amen. Let's go to Second Peter three seventeen. Uh, <clears throat> says ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also being led away with the error of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness. Amen. I'm, once again, I'm driving the point home. We we can't let our guard down. We just cannot do it. Because our enemy will never give up and there are people out there that need to know this stuff. And this man right here that stands right here, the, the pastor, he can't reach everybody in lacrosse in this county. He can't. Brother Boyd can't reach everybody in this county by himself. That's not why God sent them here. For us to just sit around and wait for them to reach everybody. It's up to us. We are the ones that are in contact one-on-one -on -one with these people. We are the ones. When, when the church grew in the, on the day, after the day of Pentecost, it multiplied, the Bible said. And it wasn't because those 12 guys were out teaching all the Bible studies. Right? They put enough doctrine in those people and they said, okay, go. Same thing they were told, go. And what did they do in that day? Unbelievable things. Amen? None of them had Bible school degrees. But they turned their world upside down in that day. Amen? To the point where they were trying to kill every one of those disciples. And 
not just those 12, but all the other ones. But the more they tried to stamp, stomp that fire out, the more it spread. Right? So, so stand for what you know. Are you going to be persecuted for it? Most likely. The Bible says that we shall suffer persecution. Why? Just because we call ourselves a Christian? No. Because we stand for doctrines and truths and principles and precepts that totally go against the way this world thinks today. But it's not because we know that we're right because the pastor says so. We know that it's right because the book says so. And we know that it's right because we have experienced it for ourselves. I mean, what do you say to somebody? You have no idea what being filled with the Holy Ghost feels like. You just have to, you know, you you can't explain it, right? It's like trying to explain what, what it feels like when you grab that wire out of that plug. Put it, I mean, you can see, you can, I got shocked, but try to describe that. It's, you can't really put words to it. Amen. And once again, those people out there need us to know this. They need us to know this. They need us to be devoted. They need us to be consecrated. They need us to be dedicated. They need us to be humble and contrite before God so that we can be sensitive like Sister Linda already talked about, to hear the voice of God. He'll tell you to speak something to somebody. Am I right? He will. And a lot of times it won't even make sense. And you, In your human mind, you'll be going, oh, no, if I say that, I'm going to sound like a fool. Right? But you, if he's telling you to say it, he's going to back it up. He's going to back it up. Amen? Just make sure he's telling you to say it. <laughs> Amen. Did you know that statistically, I've been to enough defensive driving classes to know this. I confess. <laughs> Majority of accidents happen within a mile of your house. Why is that? As you let your guard down, you you know you're close to home. You almost know the way without even having holding the wheel or keeping your eyes open. How many have ever driven somewhere and you don't remember how you got there, but you know you got there? You know good and well you weren't awake. I've all we've all done that. And by the grace and mercy of God, we made it. But usually that's close to home. Why? Where they say that most airline accidents happen close to the home airport where the airline pilot is out of. Why is that? Same reason. He, I'm almost home. He lets his guard down. He kind of takes it easy and, oh, this is my home airport. This is, I can do this in my sleep. And that's where most of those accidents happen is right near their home airport. I say all that to say we've got to be careful. And I'm gonna some of the stuff I'm saying, Brother Parker's probably gonna repeat it in some form or fashion. But when you when you hear that, don't think that again. Don't think that. Think, okay, God, what are you trying to t- to get across to me? Amen. I I like to liken it to somebody with a needle and thread. 
And God takes it and starts threading a message through different other men that are preaching and teaching. And, and after a while, you can start seeing where that thread is kind of tying it all together. And you're going, he's trying to say something here. And I've, I've been in, in churches where that went on for months until God felt like he got the message across. And then the, everything would just totally change to something else. So, amen. We are it, folks. We're it. We are the ones. There's our field out there. Amen? And we, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. We have this doctrine. We have, and, you know, the title of this is be Overcoming False Doctrine. Amen? It's so simple. Just know the real one. Know what the real, real doctrine looks like, smells like, acts like, tastes like, and you'll know what, you'll know what the the false one looks like. You'll know it in a heartbeat. Amen. Simple. We just, <laughs> we make it hard sometimes, don't we? Amen. Eight o'clock, right on the button. And I'm done. Somebody said hallelujah. Oh, sisters. <laughs> <laughs>